when you're ready for the biggest event in football. That's right, the MLS expansion draft. It's that's so MLS, a North American so soccer ready. podcast with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Nick, Hello. there's so much to talk about. We have CONCACAF Champions League. We have the expansion draft. We have uh, the the Apple deal with MLS. Um, can you think of anything else that's happening in world football right now? No, I think the expansion draft is the only thing that really comes to mind, plus uh, some MLS news. But no, nothing internationally. <laughs> Certainly nothing with any controversy. Um, yeah, no, smooth sailing, I think. It has been... Um, we are talking without talking about the Men's World Cup, which um, began on Saturday... Uh, Nick, what did you do on Saturday? Um, on Saturday, I... Oh, sorry, Sunday, did... sorry, sorry, Sunday. Show yes. Sunday. Sunday, I was doing chores. Choring. I, I played Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, this is something because I didn't feel like it. I just, there's been so much that has built and built, um, about this World Cup. Um, the issues around... Um, treatment of LGBTQ people, the issues around migrant workers and the deaths that have taken place, um, and the yeah. working conditions that, that, as some stories suggest, uh, are still well. I, obviously, um, the 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 existing complaints about working conditions. There was a story today about people about stadium workers being held without food or drink. Good God. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of been like this laundry list of things, and it, it's been interesting to see how the public conversations have kind of changed as we've gotten closer to it. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it, it feels like there was a real moment there where I think there was like a fire festival kind of feel to the preparations, and now it's sort of happening, but it's just like, it's weird. So it's a, it seems like a weird, bad time. Um, you know, but it, it, it is a thing that's going on. Um, I, I certainly, I don't really have any feelings about like anybody else watching it. And I know you and I have talked before. Yes. And, like, I just, I feel like we engage with so much soccer and watch so much. Like I'm, I care because of the Canadian men's national team, which we cover and follow and support obviously. And outside of that, I have basically zero interest It just, it's like there's only so much football that can fit in my head, and by the time the World Cup comes around, I'm like, Ugh, I'm just, yeah, I am actually thinking about next MLS season. <laughs> I I uh, tell me about the Corey out. Burke transfer. That's what I'm after. It's a good thing you point out, and 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 before like before I jump into some of this and, and my thoughts as well that 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 what we're talking about is our thoughts. Everybody handles this differently. Uh, everybody oh. has to 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 review the facts and, and come to their own conclusion about it. Um, so if you, what I talk about, if you don't feel this, if 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 you make a different decision, don't feel bad about it. Come to come to your do what feels right to you in the situation. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't think either of us is any moral superiority here. It's just that's just where we're at. But I read the. Uh, one of my there were a couple of stories that were my turning points on this obviously it's been something that i've been thinking about all year um since before canada qualified um 
And uh, one of the turning points in the last couple of weeks for me was reading the editor's coverage note from The Athletic, um, which was not like an, an overwhelmingly negative note in terms of like they, they are like a few other organizations are doing. Um, they are attempting to send people to basically ensure that sports-based coverage is matched with coverage of these important issues. Um, they're trying to put resources towards that as like, that's their way of, I guess, handling it is that we're going to try and tell the complete story by telling this part of the story as well, which I agree. Fundamentally, I do kind of agree with that, 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 you know, when, uh, when a broadcaster only tells, doesn't, doesn't include the hard part of the story, they're not telling the whole story. Um, but the opening of the letter caught me the wrong way which was, it all feels a bit confusing, right? You want to watch the World Cup. You want to enjoy it. But, well, it just feels so wrong. Yes, of course, you're going to have friends around for the big games, bite your nails in the penalty shootouts, and send angry messages to family and work colleagues about Gareth Southgate's back five, Cristiano Ronaldo's histrionics, or Greg Burhalter's obsession with possession football. But that doesn't mean you're as excited as you normally be. And it goes on to talk about some of the issues and talks about what makes it hard. Here's what caught me the wrong way, and I'm sure it wasn't their intent in writing this. Yes, of course, you're going to have friends around for the big games. You know, this is this is the, the way that it is being written by media outlets that are more than just this one of, of well, we're all going to have a serious voice, um, and we're going to talk about we're going to say ah it's so terrible what's happening with the migrant worker what happened with the migrant workers in the past and then we're going to watch three games a day for 10 straight days Mm -hmm. is 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 what's being suggested is that regardless is the 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 what's being told to the audience is of course you're going to do it um yeah yeah, yeah. You know, and, and everybody can come to their own conclusion, but I just read that and thought, like, what if I just don't? I might not. <laughs> I yeah. don't have to. I can do something else. I I am not contractually bound to consume FIFA-branded content simply because it's there. <laughs> Despite um, whatever they may want to believe and, and <laughs> campaign for. That's right. Um. So... That happened, in, in, in ultimately, like I said, everything is, is just based on on what my own personal feeling was as the event drew closer. Um, and I saw another tweet. Somebody was like, this beautiful stadium is where Canada will play its first game. And the first thing that I thought was like, so does, did Qatar in... When Qatar said that only 37, when in Qatar's official list of fatalities, how many uh, fatalities do you think were at that stadium? And then I went and looked it up. I went and, and made an item. I, I went and copied out of all the reports, all the lists, and, and found out how many people it was. It was one. Um, but I just couldn't be this sort of like hype content. I, yeah. It, it couldn't sit well with me. And it's, of course, I should also say in saying that it's suggested by activist groups that um, the number is somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 in terms of people that, that died 
related to the World Cup, and then overall about 6,500 since the, the awarding of the World Cup overall in, in terms of migrant workers in Qatar. Um, in 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 mentioning that official number, but even the official number, it's like I'm I'm is so much higher than what any other World Cup has ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that sort of that sort of hype content. Like people are like circulating around pools, um, like paid pools and stuff. Like there was a, a restaurant doing a pool and, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, I, I wasn't fond of the idea of, of as the, the pool for the cask and kettle did, you know, like trying to go right who, which player I thought was going to do the best or, or mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I made a list because of this podcast that we do together of every MLS player in the World Cup, and I and I itemized it. And I thought, like, the reason why I did it is because when the U.S. announced their roster, I thought, I wonder what the squad, like, what the 11 from MLS players in the World Cup would look like. And I put together that list for the purpose of making that. But, like, that's a game. That's hype information. Right. You know, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to actually do that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm feeling about it. Um, we've talked about it, yeah, um, a little bit. And and part, some of the idea that we've been talking about is just the idea of that this is another tournament that um, Canada happens to be in. It's you know like the Al the Algarve Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, well, and it's like, and it's not to take anything away from the achievement of the players there and the team's accomplishments, right? And I, I know that I shouldn't need that disclaimer, but like, it's okay to support these teams and, and be excited about a tournament. But I, I just feel like, you know, at some point, maybe as a society, as multiple societies, we can hold multiple opposing and complex things at the same time and actually have conversations that like change stuff instead of just being like, well, okay. Yeah. We know bad stuff happened, but like now just let's carry on because we were told we must carry on. And like you say, that article's kind of suggested when it's like, yeah, we know all the things are terrible, but like we know you're just gonna suck it up and enjoy it anyway. It's like, well, what if, what if it looked different than that? Yeah, what if we just decided that this wasn't worth our time because of how it came together? Yeah, and like, what's the point of going through what we've been going through globally if not to have some awareness for each other and what you know dangers we place in front of workers, like. I have to believe that something comes of all of that and we don't just go, nope, no lessons learned. Although it does increasingly feel like that's a real possibility, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so that's, I guess what we're going to do is we are going to treat it like it's any other, you know, CONCACAF tournament and we will cover Canada and the U S because that's who we usually cover. We've covered them this far. And like I said, yes, the CONCACAF teams, which also includes uh, Mexico and Costa Rica, um, are yes. the representatives. Um, are that's our bailiwick, and and um, the like, like Nick said at the outset, there's no sense of like 
like a moral superiority kind of thing because again, no, eventually no. I am going to watch some of this. So maybe everything yes, that I just said yeah. is completely <clears throat> like out the window. But I can only I can only do what feels right to me in the moment, or or not do what doesn't feel right to me in the moment. Maybe it'll maybe we'll get there, and I won't be able to do it. It's yeah. not. It's maybe maybe I will because of that because of this this way that we've chosen to look at it. Um, all I can do is make that decision for me in the moment. And all that you can do listening to this is, is to take in all the information and, and make that same feeling. Yeah. Agreed. So there's that. There's that. <laughs> um, there were, as, as noted, uh, there were, um, so the number is, uh, as I was clicking around here, the number changed slightly because I think that, um, Argentina added a player. Uh, so there's now 38 MLS players in the uh, in the team. Hmm. Um, pretty good showing. In, on, various, on various teams. Uh, putting together the list was very funny to me because um, for a second I was like, um, I was like, mostly I looked through a comp- team's Wikipedia pages and was like scanning through for to see the U.S. flag or the Canadian flag. And, and I saw the U.S. flag on Wales, and I'm like, wait a second, who from Wales plays in MLS? <laughs> Robert Earnshaw, retired. <laughs> and he scored today, too. He did Garrett. score. He did indeed score today. Um, but yeah, Garrett. mostly... Obviously, most of the uh, the entrants are from the U.S. and Canada, who had eight and nine entrants, respectfully. Um, we also had a couple teams. Uh, Costa Rica had Matarita, Ronald Matarita, and Brian Oviedo. Um, you had uh, uh, Xavier, Xavier Arriaga and Diego Palacios for Ecuador, as well as uh, Jose Cifuentes and... Uh, Sebas Mendez. So there's four. So I think that that's the. I think it goes. I think those are the four with the the three with the most. Is that it goes, um, Canada, U.S., um, Canada, U.S., uh, Ecuador, Costa Rica. I think is the um, is the breakout for most uh, for most um, features. At the tournament, um, in the meantime, as noted, um, there is a, a, I guess we could talk, I, I didn't watch, as noted, I didn't watch you, <laughs> the U.S. versus Wales today, in which um, Gareth Bale's penalty um, made it 1-1 draw by the end, uh, or close to the end. The um, There have been some issues around injuries one that one other one I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. I guess before we left the the World Cup space is that um, unfortunately Danielle Henry got injured in his last uh, in Canada's last friendly against Japan. That's right. That's right. I totally had forgotten about that. That was in, that's unfortunate, and, and it, it continues to be a, one of the other aspects of all of this tough stuff that's happening with this tournament is that that domestic leagues went right up until the 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 bell and now people are trying to uh, tr- uh trying to um 
recuperate and, you know, not get injured. Somebody got injured in practice. I can't remember. I can't remember who. Um, there was another concern over whether or not somebody got injured in practice. There were those two. Um, there were those two friendlies um, mm-hmm. with Bahrain hosting Canada. It was two two draw. Um, that was with mostly MLS based players who who had been on a break, and then a more um, a more finalized version of the squad uh, beat Japan two one with goals from. Stephen Vittoria and Lucas Cavallini in an injury time penalty kick. Yeah. The I guess we can we can go right there. So that's the <laughs> so the the so I guess if you if you have any interest in in, in where that went with the 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 Canada friendlies, I feel that that is we know that Canada has been low has not necessarily had a, a huge amount of preparation um, because of some of the canceled games against World Cup level teams. Certainly after Bahrain, there might be a moment where you scratch your head and go, Ooh, it's not mm-hmm. a lovely mm-hmm. result right before, but um, you've got to look at a win against a 2 1 win against Japan with close to a full strength team and think that's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, yeah. Back to, but in the land, uh, right the day after Canada announced its World Cup squad, this was so funny to me, um, was the day of uh, where MLS teams had to announce their their dis- their decisions on what options that they were and were not um, honoring. Yep. And the Vancouver Whitecaps, among other decisions, announced that Lucas Cavallini's contract action uh, uh, option will not be exercised, and that he will be womp, uh, womp. he he will be added to the um, to the re-entry draft. That's right. Yeah, which I found out about just before this show because I've been super busy. <laughs> And I knew the de- I knew the uh, roster deadline was coming, and then I just kind of got absorbed into other things. And now I'm like, of course that news would have come out. So I'm feeling very silly about the fact that this is like days old, like almost a week old news, and I'm just finding out. Um, but I mean, I, I fe- it's not terribly surprising, is it? Like, I mean, I was surprised when you told me because I kind of was like I had forgotten about. <laughs> these important decisions being made but it it, it really it does feel like after this season the the discipline issues after which he really didn't seem to have much to say for himself I mean I felt like he was contrite but also sort of shrugging his shoulders as to the cause and and just not the goal output to to justify the the price tag and the the you know the other issues um, although I, saying that... all of that, I feel like Cavallini grew on me a lot. Like I really was pretty down on him last season and my opinion of him certainly has improved dur- during his time with the Whitecaps. But I think if the Whitecaps are raising the bar, they need to make difficult decisions like this. And I, I just don't see, I never really saw Cavallini becoming all of a sudden, you know, a 13, 14 goal a year striker for us. Um, 
for a variety of reasons, not all of which are entirely his fault. But I have thoughts, but before I do, just to just to to, to note off of your point about um, your your point about uh, uh, discipline issues. Without that red card late in the season, is he still on the roster? I think probably. I mean, given the number of games he missed for that and the crucial point in the season, I think that it's reasonable to say that Cavallini kind of cost us the playoffs. Is it solely on him? Of course not. But, I mean, if this is any other DP on any other team that pulls that kind of thing, I think it's a similar response. It's just, it's not professional and at a time when your team needs all the points it can get, it it made a you know it made it much more difficult. And the, I think the other piece that played into that is, for a number of those games, the Whitecaps actually played better without him. And I think that was really probably the thing that made the other shoe drop. That was just that there's other ways to build this team around you know other pieces. The the I have always been. You know he's twenty nine, so he's he's approaching sort of the 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 other end of his prime as a striker, uh, in terms of um, how his development is and is going. Um, mm-hmm. I always, you know, he was brought in as is sort of the most visible recipient of the quote unquote Alfonso Davies money, and yeah. I think that that kind of. Um, reflected negatively on him no matter what I think it's clear that he has um not like you said he has not hit that 13 14 goal point there is a small part of me that thinks like remember some really bad white caps lead striker or some really rough years in terms of white caps goal scoring where I'm like nine goals is pretty good um but clearly the team didn't find a lot of success until acquiring Brian White for way less in 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 coming up with that that tandem of Brian White and Ryan Gauld. Um I think also like the fact that Cavallini has not able to been able to come up with a partnership to the same degree with Gauld has has been a mark against him. Yeah. Um I am like a little contrarian in that I recognize why people wanted him to go, but I would I have wanted to re-sign him at the exact same amount of money that he was making? I don't quite know about that. Um, but the idea of leave, letting him leave for nothing seems wild to me. And when I posted that it was a bad look for the Whitecaps to do this on the day after the roster, after the Canada roster reveal, um, I was reminded that I didn't quite know when I said that that, that this was the deadline for teams to make to to make that um, pronouncement, but that doesn't mean if they had handled this situation earlier, that doesn't mean they couldn't have announced it a week previous or two weeks previous. If they had if they had already come to that conclusion, and it doesn't mean they couldn't have traded them earlier this season for sure for sure but i mean a trade also means you have to have somebody willing to buy and it, when mm. you're approaching the end of the season and the roster deadline i am at to me that might say they might 
I think he's going to be a difficult sell to a lot of teams. <laughs> he's a very expensive player. And again, like I think he's a good player. I mean, he's obviously an incredibly physical striker. Uh, he's He pesters defenses. He can be incredibly quick and dangerous in the box. He's, he can score goals with his head. Like he He's a good player. But he's expensive for what he is. And that, I think that is always a difficult sell in MLS. Um, and I think as a club, you know, I would say the Whitecaps already kind of... Sp- I wouldn't say wasted their investment, but like they already spent the money. The money's gone. <laughs> That's true. You know, like, I mean, sure, maybe they could have squeezed a, a transfer fee out of it. But um, I think if they were faced with the decision of either we let him go for nothing or we might end up stuck with him and paying him. I mean, I, I don't know that that's the actual, it's as black and white if that, if that is a decision, but maybe that weighs in on it. I, I want to get to the fact that really the big news out of this that I'm the most devastated by is that they let go of Jake Nerwinski too. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that was my thought, honestly. There was, to, to overall, on the, I agree with you, on the morning of November 14th, that probably was the right move to make. In, in all things, all things being considered, but it just is such a bad look, as much as anything, because yeah. you know he is in some ways still a, ga- a goal score, a, a game changer, and he did score for Canada right after that. And when I read this press release, as you said, my first thought was not actually, "Oh my God, they cut Lucas Cavallini." My first thought, and it actually wasn't also Jake Rowitzki. It's like, "Oh my God, they cut to Saint Ricketts." Yeah, uh, the 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 full I guess list of of updates is that um, Ricketts and Florian Jungwirth are eligible for free agency and quote are continuing discussions with the club around opportunities off the pitch. Um, if they can if they can get Ricketts into coaching, that would be amazing. But I don't think I I just would keep him. He can't be. He can't be making it enough that you couldn't keep him. But what can you do? Um, yeah, they're bringing back Derek Cornelius from Greece. Yeah, I mean, I end. think that's a that's a nice note. I think the fan fans were kind of missing him, and Lord knows the Whitecaps were missing some defensive consistency this season. And hopefully, the time away for Derek Corne- Derek Cornelius has been good. Um, and I mean, I see him as far from the finished product, but I would say that of Ranko Veselinovic too. Like, if we're gonna, if Ranko can play, I think Cornelius can play. You know, I agree. Goodbye to Cody Cropper. Goodbye to Marcus Godinho and Leonard Owusu, who I thought did great. Um, yeah, that was. I mean, I wasn't so surprised because it feels like under Sartini, he kind of didn't get quite as many minutes and, and wasn't used as much, but I felt like for the most part when he came in, he was fairly effective. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like you have to be so lights out outstanding as a central defensive mid MLS to like get onto people's radar. And yet across the board, there's like tons of kind of mediocre <laughs> central midfielders in MLS. I thought Amusa was all right. Um, but yeah, he certainly seemed to kind of fall out of favor a little bit. And 
Yeah, the end of the Jake Nerwinski era, which I'm sad about because I, I thought that he was a far better player and far more consistent, uh, especially in an era of inconsistency in our team than people really gave him credit for. But I also get it. I think that in in that position, we can probably strengthen. And I, I think, you know, this is a solid six years, which is an excellent tenure for any MLS player. That's true. Um, with any one team, that is. Um, so, so those will you're you're right. Those will hit. Those will hit the hardest. Um, yeah. In terms of other, is, are you good with the white caps? Is there anything yeah, else you it. want to talk? We're done. Okay. We're done. Because uh, there was a couple of other transfers that, well, more than a couple that have happened, but a few that have stood out to me, especially Keep in terms interest. of like, yeah, that names that we're familiar with, names that we talk about a lot. We knew that uh, Pedro Santos from Columbus was going to become a free agent, and the question was, where will he land? Um, and he has landed with DC United, which feels like, you know, a pretty good piece of business for them, given... Oh, yeah. They have been awful, and I think Pedro Santos is great. He, I think, recently kind of became left more uh, less of a, a left mid and more of a, a left back, but is obviously just such a, a skillful player and an intelligent player. I think that's an excellent pickup for DC United. Um, I was kind of surprised to see Anton Tinnerholm leaving New York City FC. That's another big hole with City. He is off to Malmo. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, so leaving the league as well. And um, then one other that caught my uh, caught my eye was the New York, New York Red Bulls have signed free agent Corey Burke from the Philadelphia, well, formerly a Philadelphia Union, then free agent, now with Red Bulls. Uh, I like Corey Burke a lot. Speaking of big, powerful uh, forwards, we saw what he did in the playoffs, just devastatingly effective. And let's face it, the Red Bulls need help in this area. So this feels like a, a no-brainer for them for something they've really been lacking and something that Philadelphia Union, in all real, uh, realistic expectations, like I think they can pick up something as good, if not better. So, Yeah, I think that you um, you mentioned this, and, and, and certainly he's, uh, he's played his whole career for the Union in MLS. Um, so it'll be interest. It'll be surprising to see him for another team. But he said in the uh, in the update in the in the release where they announced this, he says, "You know, when playing against the Red Bulls, it's similar tools to the way I play. They like to press, and that's a big part of my game. And I think to come here is going to be really good to me to play with these guys. I like to press the ball, close the space down, and they get a lot of chances chances by pressing the ball." I mean, that's an understatement for how Corey Burke plays <laughs> considering some of those freight train-like runs, but he's not wrong. Just maybe underselling, <laughs> pressing. He, uh, do you, he says, do you know that I like to press? Um, <laughs> they also note that this is surprising because uh, um, Burke, who is 31, uh the club, according to MLSsoccer.com, the club has rarely even featured players over 26 in the last few years, let alone sign a player who already turned 30. Um, it's true. Yeah. But as you said, I think that, like, the Red Bulls have been good, but in some they they could use one of the, like, you know, a, a, game, a game-changing player or a player to, to build around. Um, 
in the mix certainly can't help, uh, certainly can't hurt. Something. Yeah. It's like they miss a Royer to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. I feel like since Royer, Royer left, they've not been as lethal. I mean, I'm still, like, deceptively good at times, but I think about, you know, Corey Burke as being not quite a super sub. I, I think that you can get definitely plenty of full 90-minute performances out of him, but the Red Bulls have had moments in games where they just haven't had quite enough to push across for that final result. I mean... Corey Brooks' resume on that. Um, Jim Curtin can tell you all about. Like, he, he's the guy that can come in and change a game. And again, we saw in the playoffs that he, he'll steal the ball off of defenders no problem. He can close down space quickly. For his size, he's also, I think, a really agile player. So I think that, yeah, I think I'm, I'm hopeful that his time in New York will be uh, well-received and be successful for him because he's certainly showing what he can do at Union. Um, the, whereas on the other end, as you point out, like the um, Union have a bunch of players who are kind of like that. You know, you can, you can throw uh, Daniel Kostag into the mix. You can throw uh, Jose Martinez into the mix. Um, the, it's a little bit more of a one among many thing in that situation to me. Yeah, and I would imagine for the union, they also, if they're going to have somebody uh, maybe featuring not full-time in one of those forward spots, they might want to bring an academy player through or, you know, a younger younger union player. Um, and it gives, and it also means that Burke's not going to stagnate and, you know, not getting enough minutes because he, I would imagine Red Bulls will use him even more, so... I feel like it's it's good for everybody. It's always sad when a player that's been with a team for a long time does move on, but it feels like a good fit for everyone. And it's I think it's also rare that you could do something like that without there being some drama or bad blood or something. And it's nice when it can just be like, nope, this this makes sense. It works for everyone. Um, yeah. Doesn't so always happen that way. The... Uh... The 2022 expansion draft happened. The St. Louis City SC. Hell yeah. I'm going to trip over that a couple of times, I feel. Uh, that's that's going to take some off-season practice. Um, with, uh, so it's interesting how they did this. They drafted Nicholas, Nicholas Giacchini, uh, Indiana Vasilev, Jonathan Bell, John Nelson, and Jake Lacava, who they traded the latter, they traded him to Miami for allocation money. And then, instead of drafting him in the expansion draft, they used allocation money to sign Tim Parker! Woo! So, uh, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on that. And uh, I would say less or, or, or fewer big names than, than I remember from past expansion drafts. Um... But the, uh, except for Tim Parker, who was signed outside of the process, perhaps to, uh, to ensure that, that, uh, that they could get a new contract together. I'm not sure why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so wait, what was the question? <laughs> uh, what was your thoughts on the player on, on the early picks here? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, 
so I mean, at first blush, I'm like, I think these are all totally fine picks. I think we saw um, Austin and, and even Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, um, Charlotte have some uh, drafts that we were like, wow, you guys really use that effectively and really like rounded out the team with a lot of MLS experience. I think St. Louis kind of f- maybe flying under the radar a little bit with some of these signings. Tim Parker is the the most notable one that stands out to me. Uh, obviously, we know him from his time here at the Whitecaps. I think he's uh, a very good center back in MLS. Maybe stagnating at Houston and needing a change of scenery. So I think it's a nice shift for him. And maybe he can really be um, that leadership voice to, to lock down the back line. Uh, Stroud was the other one, the other name that stood out to me. I think he, he's a good midfielder. Um, Jared, Jared Stroud, that is, I think he was with Austin last season or this season. He wasn't in the, 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 the draft, but he must've been signed outside of that. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know. I just have their roster in front of me. So I don't know exactly, but yeah, I, I mean, nothing hugely of note here. Um, it, it's not the strongest squad. So I think. Like most people, my question is how many other players are coming in? Um, and do you see the like your draft picks as kind of being the core or more supplemental players? Um, but it, it, it's certainly like it's a good squad, you know, it's a good starting it's, point. It's coming along well as a starting point. I, I was going to ask you whether or not you thought that this thing was even where where you sit on you know, we all talk about the expansion draft. You know, it, it, it becomes a, a a brief point of discussion, less so this year because it's been overshadowed. Um, but, you know, it, it is something that, that comes to mind, but it does seem in the last, the last couple of go-rounds that it has been a little bit more about providing teams assets that they can trade as opposed to mm. giving them players that they actually want. As as evidenced by the, this this notion that they could have picked Parker and they didn't, they they signed him outside. They signed the player yeah. they did want outside of it. I think I if it turns out he was protected, I changed my mind. But um. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I just think there's so many different rules and things that teams need to consider when signing players. I don't really have a problem with how they get there. I recognize it probably takes some some crafty work to move all the pieces around that you want. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, is it overly complicated? Yes. Does it ultimately matter to me as a fan at the end of the day, whether they trade away one of their draft picks or two of their draft picks for allocation order or <laughs> TAM or something like that? Not really. Uh, if it was, being done on mass, I think I'd have stronger feelings about it, but I do feel like it's fairly common for teams to do that to some degree with at least a couple of players. Two, uh, two, two players here that I think are worth mentioning in terms of like rounding out that the story involving them. Um, Indiana Vasilev, I guess is, a lone player for Aston Villa. So they kind of have to, they've drafted him and got his MLS rights, but they don't have his actual like loan agreement yet. So that'll, Interesting. that's so fun. That's the, so 
it's almost that that was almost a a, a bet they've hedged on somewhat in terms of trying to uh you know we'll we'll see if we can we we'll see if we can make something of this um the other one i wonder if i wonder if european clubs like or dislike that you know if you're a club that is developing a player overseas and you probably have some sort of relationship with the director or or mm. or trust in the system that you think that that player that's going to direct that's going to help develop your club so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that um i think that maybe just for, from reading the description the hidden gem here is nicholas Giacchini, um who i was not that familiar with but i guess he was a 21 year old u.s national team player um who just came back and kind of hasn't made enough of a splash yet obviously to um necessitate um being protected and obviously came back from europe um, where he was in, uh, where he was in France, playing for Montpellier. Um, so he was not a generation. I don't think he was. He was not protected by like homegrown or generation Adidas rules in any way. Um, but that might be a little bit of a that might be a steal of a deal in the future. Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah. Um, the so that that would be my. Uh, one of the things that I look at is a is a potential. So one of one where the player may as well not be on this on the on the t- team sheet at all, and one where um, this could be one where we look back and go, "Woo, hmm. what a find!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when there's always a couple of sort of like potential diamonds in there um, that. I think we've seen that. I mean, when Drew Isi was signed, I didn't even clock it as like a thing that was happening, which I know now seems like a ridiculous thing to say, but I was just like, what? Okay, sure. Whatever. Like didn't engage with any of the press. Didn't really look to see. And I think a lot of people were we kind of caught off guard. We are like, Oh wait, you know, a, a different kind of signing, but I'm going to say, or uh, Apple uh, has announced the details for the uh, MLS season pass. Um, That's right. Which will be uh, you will all matches available through the, the Apple the the season pass part of the Apple app the 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 Apple app um, for the US a month during the season or a hundred dollars a season with Apple TV subscribers getting twelve ninety nine per mo- US per month or seventy nine USD per season. That seems like a lot for just MLS. Um, I, when, when people are being charged 24 bucks a month for the English Premier League, I don't know if that's going to be something. I don't know if they're, mm-hmm. how many, and, and they're being charged 20 a month for the Champions League. Um, you got to look at total spend here. That seems like a lot. Yeah. yeah, it, I mean, it does, but I mean, well, what, what's Canadian Premier League? That is also you get Canadian Premier League for free with Fubo now, uh, but that one mm-hmm. and I think it's I can't remember what it is. I think it's like seven ninety nine. Well, I mean, I think, I think if it's we, we were always going to be paying we were always going to be paying Apple prices. I'm a bit surprised that the discount isn't more for people who are already dis- subscribed to Apple TV. Like I don't quite understand what the appeal of these packages are from the same organization when it's it kind of seems like. 
just as expensive to buy one thing as a package of things. I mean, knocks a few bucks off, I guess, but um, I, honestly, I was surprised it wasn't more. I, I was not sure what it was going to be, um, but I, I think obviously Apple has bigger plans of, for kind of adding to this and building this out. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of pitch this whole package and, and like the other things that are going to be including besides just MLS games and also to see what the actual uptake of it is. Um, it's interesting that all of this is kind of happening in the, among the much bigger backdrop of like, you know, people worrying about finances and actively looking at their monthly budgets and how much they spend on things like subscriptions. It will just be interesting to see over the next couple of years, like can Apple grow to the the size that they've kind of promised and, and thought about for themselves. Um, next item, uh, content warning, warning for sexual assault and sex offenses. Bob Berarda is in jail. Um, on November 2nd, he got a sentence of two years less a day. We'll spend um, 15 months and 29 days in jail with the remaining eight months of his sentence. Uh, served under a conditional sentence order, including house arrest. Um, hmm. That was obviously a really emotional day and in, in just to, to see the conclusion of that process um, makes you thank everybody that um, that stood up and did something about it during that yeah. during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Canadian Premier League has announced that uh, after last season in which um, they took on operations of FC Edmonton, uh, they have terminated Fast Sports Limited's right to operate the club. So essentially their franchise um, has been terminated and FC Edmonton will not operate in 2023. They have said that they will um, be looking to start another Edmonton club um, or to have a, a CPL team in, in Edmonton, which they say can be one of the, the big markets. Um, but the uh, the team with the addition of, of Vancouver FC, which is located in Langley, um, <laughs> the Canadian Premier League will continue with eight teams, um, but without Edmonton. Ah. It's kind of sad, the end of an era. Sad? Um, yeah, I, I feel for, for everybody who stuck through with the team. Yeah, well, and, like, I follow uh, Alan Koch on Instagram, and, and I've sort of followed his, you know, stewardship of the club through such a, a just a crazy time. So just want to give a little shout-out to him, another sort of white <laughs> Whitecaps alum, um, who really, really, really did his best there uh, to build something in FC Edmonton, and I think from what I saw really tried to instill a sense of like, this may not last. So let's work for each other. And unfortunately that's what happens in football sometimes is that you, you can build something and maybe even build something special and it can also be gone the next minute. So we'll look forward for the developments there, but yeah, I, I understand that that's tough for the Edmonton soccer community and it's been a, a rough ride for everyone involved. Um, not, uh, it's, I used to live in the the Alberta catchment area and went to a couple of day, games in the NASL era, so I have a soft spot for them. And and um, obviously they stuck it out in an era where there were not that many clubs at that level. This is, as you know, you got to build something, and and nothing is guaranteed. You know, fans of no fans of leagues that have come and went in in quicker times uh, uh, can can attest to that. 
Um, so, uh, a thought to all of those memories. Um, hopefully, uh, a new team with different owners and less debt can perhaps yeah. can perhaps um, make a difference in coming Canadian Premier League seasons. R.I.P. F.C. Edmonton. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's all I got, too. We will keep everyone posted. Of course, there's going to be lots of off-season stuff. There's that other tournament that's happening that some people are involved in. <laughs> um, and we'll try to keep you up to date with all the developments. <sighs> Where can we find you just... online until that point? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitch. That's so MLS. Uh, where can we find you online? You can find my, me online on Twitter at Team Bates, www.team-bates.com. Um, I have a pinned. You should go to teambates.com if you have, if if that big bird site stops working. Um, but if it is still working, there is also a pinned post with a list of other places where you can find me. Um, and please rate, review, and subscribe this podcast so that we can uh, continue to bring it to your ears, regardless of whether or not um, there's a big bird in the sky. The big bird flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, come over to, to Instagram. We're, we're there. We're, believe it or not, I'm active there now. Um, and Twitch, mostly, it's just watching me uh, try and mostly fail at Ultimate. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're experimenting, okay? <laughs> We'll see what happens. Until then. Until next time. Don't get sent off. <laughs>